It plays out in parks, schools, playgrounds, on a pretty consistent basis. Two of the older children or bigger children are selected to be the captains. And then they start to choose upsides. Have you been there? Any of you got chosen first? I never did. I was slow to develop, and I tended to be the younger kid. And it was like, please don't let me be the last one. Because if you were the last one, they never threw the ball to you. You never got to shoot at the goal. It was just awful. The last one chosen. Do we really matter to God? Yeah. Does God really have time for us? I mean, we say those words, but do we really believe them? I think if all of us are honest, there are times when we wonder, am I good enough? Do I know enough? Am I faithful enough? Does God really notice? Am I going to be the last one chosen? You know, the good news is this morning that that's where God starts, is with the last ones chosen. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. May these words be your words. Hide me behind the cross, O God, that this day we may hear you. And for the words that we don't hear that you would have me say, may we hear them in our heart. May you speak to us with clarity and truth. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Why the shepherds? Why did the angels come to make the announcement of Jesus' birth to shepherds? And, and this is the only announcement that the Bible tells us about. The only one. It's not the audience I would expect. Not, not really. I mean, why shepherds? A bunch of ed, uneducated, unkept, smelly, low-class religious outcast. It's like imagining for a moment that the angels are preparing for the coming of Jesus, okay? All right? We're about to see it happen. And so the angels go down to downtown Dallas underneath the bridges where the homeless people gather. And that's where the announcement is made. Some, some have suggested that uh, it's because the expected Messiah was to be a shepherd as David and Moses were shepherds, that, that Jesus would fulfill the Isaiah promise that the Messiah would shepherd his people. I think there's a simpler explanation. The shepherds 
the real shepherds were different than those little cute nativity scene characters that we have in our living rooms, you know, that we romanticize. No. They were crude, had a harsh language. They, uh, some of them were thieves. It was, it was not even legal for a shepherd to give testimony in court because they were so untrusted. Social outcast. I think the angels made that announcement to them because God wants to make sure that we understand that God comes for all people. Especially the last ones chosen. Especially those. Why the shepherds? Because God does not discriminate. God does not discriminate. Not class. Not uh, wealth. Not religion. God does not discriminate. Why not somebody important, for goodness sakes? I mean, why not somebody important? Like, at least somebody that can spread the news. You know, I mean, just imagine for a moment if we were in charge, okay? I would send the angels to the Richards group in downtown Dallas, the largest advertising group. Wouldn't you? I mean, I mean for goodness sakes, don't, don't they do the Mavericks and the, and the Rangers and the Cowboys? Um, by the way, they've now decided that those three teams have one thing in common. This is really, this is, I'm sorry. None of them play football. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I mean, okay, never mind. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I got totally off base. I mean, if it were me, I would, I would send them when Congress was in full session. And then the glory of the Lord would fill the chambers of Washington, D.C. I mean, isn't that what you would do? Come on. Come on, God. What in the world are you thinking about? Why not the governor? Why not the mayor? Why not Caesar? Why not some of the priests at least? Or at least some of the folks that had the money to share the good news. What's going on here? You know, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if the angels did approach the governor, the Caesar, the priest, the mayors, the privileged? What if the angels did fill the temple and the government places with their presence and nobody noticed? They were too busy. Or maybe they didn't think that It would make that big a difference. That's my fear. Is that the angels will come this season with an incredible glimpse of the divine and I will miss it. Because I'm busy with church stuff. Now, I'm, I'm I'm not so sure that uh, God left out the privileged. I think maybe they left themselves out. 
And, and I also think that that's why Paul writes these words in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. I want to put them on the screen here. Um, if you'll notice, they're in yellow, the words I want you to pay attention to. Wise, powerful, noble birth, foolish, shame the wise, weak, shame the strong, low and despised. Not many were wise, not many were powerful, not many of noble. He's talking about the followers of Jesus and the leaders. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised. I had a roommate in seminary. And uh, one evening he was, he was taking New Testament. He said to me, you know, he says, I got a real problem. We're studying 1 Corinthians. And this passage in 1 Corinthians, I'm, I got a problem with it. I said, well, what do you mean, Dallas? His name is Dallas. I said, what do you mean, Dallas? He said, well, do you feel like God called you? I said, yeah. Do you feel like God chose you? And I said, yes. He says, look what this says about us. And you know why? God wants to make sure it's about the message and not the messenger. The message and not the messenger. So if, if you fall into any of those categories, you are ripe for God's work. You are ripe. Real quick, let's go through the story of the angels, I mean of the shepherds now. Just real quick, because I think it kind of unfolds for us what we might be able to practice over the next couple of weeks. First, fear. They were afraid. It's interesting to me. Now, frankly, if angels appeared to me, I would be afraid too. I would... Um, I, I, one of the reasons why I'd be afraid is God must be mad at me, you know. I mean, why else would God come visit me, right? But also just the incredible kind of supernatural am I crazy thought. They were afraid. They were afraid because... When we see a glimpse of the divine, nothing will ever be the same again. The message was good news. The angel said, I bring you great joy. But we also miss the word there that is used for joy. The word there that is used for joy is actually realized grace. Realized grace, grace recognized, grace that is given, grace that is, that is felt. I bring you great joy. Here are, are these shepherds. They're not even allowed to sleep in town. They are excluded from all things. They are thought of as the lowest of the low. And God says to them through these angels, you're going to have the greatest gift of all. And if it can happen for those shepherds, it can happen to us.
to never be the same again. And finally, the sign. A child. A child. And this was not the Messiah that most people were expecting. Not a warrior Messiah who comes in on a white horse to gather the soldiers together to defeat the Roman armies. Not that kind of Messiah. A baby born in a feeding trough to a carpenter and a peasant woman. Not what people expected. I, I kind of kind of imagine for a moment what the shepherds must have gone like. And part of that, we got a glimpse of of, of the of the skit guys, kind of their kind of portrayal of what those. But can you imagine? Though they're sitting there talking. Okay, the angels have come. They feel excited. We need to go. And so one of the skeptics says, "Well, what about the what about the sheep? What are we going to do with the sheep? Well, the sheep will take care of themselves. We got to go." And another one says, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're just going to go into Bethlehem? You know all those people are here for the, for the, uh, for the census. Are we just going to knock on doors and say, hey, was there a baby here with maybe a star above his head or something? You know? I mean, how silly is that? What are we going to do? And then another says, I'll bet it's a trap. See, if a shepherd went into town, they got arrested. I'll bet it's a trap. They're trying to pull us in so they can arrest us and take our sheep. <laughs> Whatever the discussion was, the Greek indicates that it was a rather long discussion. When they finally decided, they went in a hurry. And Luke doesn't give us any evidence of what exactly happened when they got to Bethlehem. Except they found the child. They found the child. And then the response. Those shepherds had every reason in the world to keep quiet. They had every reason in the world to keep quiet. Number one, people wouldn't believe them. Number two, they would seem crazy. Number three, they weren't supposed to be in the city in the first place. Number four, there's bound to be a number four. But anyway... But instead, they could do no other than to go out and tell everybody what they had. And they didn't care what people thought. They didn't care that people thought they were crazy. They didn't care that maybe many of them wouldn't believe him, believe them. Because when we see the divine, it is like a fire that consumes us. Hmm. Changed forever. You know, I, th I think God still works the same way today. Using people like us. Well, you have to be willing. And see, that maybe is what separates some of us from the shepherds. They were willing to go. And taking that step is the most important step we take. The step toward Jesus. 
But God is still using those who are willing, those who are unqualified, those who are last chosen to confound the wise. God is still changing lives and changing hearts and changing families and making a difference. And my prayer this morning as we, as we come toward the end of our service is that if you have doubts about your own faith, if you have doubts about your qualifications before God, if you have doubts about whether or not God loves you or cares about you or, <clears throat> or, or, or about the life that you have lived in the past, just know that the message that comes to us today is that God loves you more than you will ever know. And God accepts you for who God made you to be. And it doesn't matter anymore. And if you're on the other end, and you're busy, and you got lots to do, and places to go, and people to take care of, that somehow this Christmas season that you will just take a moment... And look up. Let's not miss. Let's not miss what God has for us. When my son was, I think he was 14 months old. It was his second Christmas. We were lived in Wichita Falls. And I don't know whether you know this or not. But at Midwestern State University, some lady about 50 years ago gave a lot of money for them to do Christmas decorations and displays. And she gave enough that it endowed both the, the purchase of a new uh, dis display every year and the upkeep of all of the displays all over campus. And so it's absolutely incredible. It's like this Christmas wonderland. And everybody all over Wichita Falls in the area up there, I think there's people even from down here, they drive up there to see what Midwestern State is going to do. So we bundled up my son. He had this new white coat. It, <coughs> the coat was so, uh, so fluffy that he couldn't even move his arms down. He was just stuck in this position. You know, okay? He could walk by then. He was stuck in this position. And we, we took him around. Of course, I could hold his hand because it just stuck out to me. And so we're walking around. Well, there was this manger, life-size manger. And he stops and he moves toward it, and he keeps getting closer and closer. And then he turns to me, and he grabs me by the hand and starts pulling me. And he, he couldn't say his L's or other words, and so they came out as an R. And he said, Rook, Daddy Rook. And he kept pulling on me. And he would take his other arm, and he would turn around to point. <laughs> and, Rook, Daddy Rook. And I'm going, yes, Jonathan, well, I, I, that, I, that. And, he, and I said, let's go to, no, no, Rook! And I realized in that moment that my son with his child eyes was seeing something I could not see. And he was experiencing something that I had not taken the time to experience. He was seeing the divine. If you don't do anything, 
look. See what God can do.